0: Hello and welcome back to Jermaine Audio Fix. My name is Amber, and today I will be reading Chapter 6 of All You Want by Sin Lin Yu. Keep in mind that this fic is rated E for explicit and does contain consensual sex. Chapter 6. In a Sea of Lovers The suppressant potion was midnight blue and tasted like ash. It went down like ash, too. Hermione choked on it and found herself coughing up clouds of smoke as though she were a small dragon. She felt as though she were asphyxiating. When she finally swallowed it fully, she spent several minutes pounding her chest and wiping away the tears that had accumulated in her eyes during her coughing fit. She felt a faint, tingling sensation on her neck and wrists, and a fuzzy sort of buzzing in the back of her mind that gradually faded away after a minute. Well... "'She said wearily. "'I can't say it's my favorite potion.' "'Minerva looked sympathetic. "'Should I call up Mr. Longbottom, "'or would you like a few more minutes?' "'He can come up,' Hermione said with a quick nod. "'She was rather anxious to see how the suppressant would work.' "'Neville shuffled in awkwardly behind McGonagall a minute later. "'He looked profoundly penitent, like a kicked puppy, "'except for being extremely muscular and generally attractive.' "'Hermione, I am so sorry,' Neville blurted the moment he met her eyes. "'I feel so badly. I don't know how to make it up to you.' Neville was all the way across the office from Hermione as he stood apologizing to her. His voice still filled the air and still seemed to vibrate through her, but it didn't evoke a physical reaction the way it had before. He rubbed his face and looked so distraught Hermione was afraid he was about to have a breakdown. She felt terrible for him.' He'd probably been miserable all week while she'd been preoccupied shagging Malfoy's brains out. It's all right, Neville, Hermione said, giving him a small smile. I don't think anyone could have been prepared for what happened. It's not all right. You said no and I didn't even listen, he said, his shoulders slumping dejectedly. I, I've i told headmistress McGonagall that I should be stripped of my Head Boy position, and I wrote to my gran and told her I intend to withdraw from Hogwarts. Hermione gasped. "'Certainly not,' Hermione said. "'You can't withdraw. "'Your behavior was hardly unusual for an Alpha around an Omega going into heat. "'There's a dozen other Alphas at Hogwarts. "'The same thing would probably have happened with any of them. "'I know you. "'We were both quite blindsided by what happened. "'I don't hold you responsible at all.' "'Neville looked unappeased, and Hermione added, "'Just promise never to lick me again without permission.' "'I swear, if I ever touch you without permission, I will withdraw from school and turn myself in at the DMLE,' he said firmly, his jaw set. Hermione cringed inwardly and thought about her own handling—or treatment—of Malfoy. "'The whole issue of consent is really rather murky when it comes to alphas and omegas,' she muttered to herself and turned rather pink. "'Hopefully, now that I'm not newly presented, we won't have any more issues.' Neville took the comment as directed toward him and started to look more distraught. Hermione changed the subject. To be honest, part of the reason that Headmistress McGonagall asked you to come to her office is because we want to see how the suppressant potion I'm on now will work around alphas, Hermione said, shuffling her feet and eyeing him nervously. Would... would you mind getting a bit closer so we can see how it goes for both of us? Neville swallowed and his eyes widened. "'Rest assured, Mr. Longbottom, I will not let anything happen to Miss Granger,' McGonagall said when Neville started inching backward. "'We need a controlled environment to determine how vulnerable she is, and you know her better than any other Alpha.' Neville paused, and Hermione could see the internal conflict in his expression as he glanced over toward her. There was a deep sort of longing in his eyes when he looked at her. After a moment he gave a short nod and stepped slowly toward Hermione. He was about five feet away when he suddenly froze and sniffed the air with a baffled expression. He looked sharply at Hermione and blinked several times as his face slowly turned red. "'What?' Hermione said nervously. "'What is it?' "'Hermione, um, I'm not,' he said, reaching back and rubbing the back of his neck as he stared uncomfortably toward the ceiling. "'Is there a reason you smell like Draco Malfoy?' He sounded as though someone were strangling him. Hermione felt the blood drain slightly from her face. She hadn't even thought about the fact that other alphas would be able to smell Malfoy on her. What do you mean? She asked shrilly, her voice wobbled tellingly. Neville flushed. Well, um, when alphas present, their sense of smell gets a lot stronger, so we pick up on a lot of things that most people can't detect, like who's shack. He caught himself and looked guiltily over at McGonagall. Who's dating who? You smell like... Well, you smell like... Neville and Hermione stared at each other, and each of them grew steadily scarlet. I don't think I've ever smelled anybody quite so strongly, Neville finally said in a thick voice. Normally I'd have to be a lot closer. Neville's eyes suddenly grew round as the revelation finally struck him. "'Was Malfoy with you during your heat?' he abruptly growled. The sound prickled across Hermione's skin. She stood frozen and blinked at Neville for several seconds. "'Are all the alphas going to be able to tell?' she finally asked in a small voice. Neville looked ready to fall over from Hermione's indirect admission. He swallowed hard, nodded faintly, and proceeded to stare up at the ceiling again. "'Brilliant!' Hermione said in an undeniably shrill tone. Her throat felt as though a small frog were trapped inside her larynx. "'This is just bloody fantastic!' There was a long pause as Hermione stared angrily down at her shoes. Finally McGonagall cleared her throat. "'Mr. Longbottom, do you mind stepping closer to Miss Granger?' McGonagall said in a crisp voice. "'We still haven't seen whether the suppressant works.' Neville nodded and breathed out heavily through his nose. "'Right. Sorry.' It's, the smell is a bit, it feels intrusive to get closer, like trespassing. Hermione fought against the urge to go bang her head into a wall. Neville's expression grew intent as he continued to walk toward Hermione until he was less than two feet away. Hermione took a deep breath and was pleased to find while Neville smelled nice, she was no longer overcome by the immediate need to have sex with him. There was a sort of filter between her mind and instincts that enabled her to remain in control and tamp down on any... urges. Mr. Longbottom? Miss Granger? McGonagall asked. It's fine, Hermione said, sniffing at the air between them. I can tell he's an alpha, but it's not... not overwhelming the way it was before. Mr. Longbottom, how is it for you? Do you feel as though your instincts are overriding your mind? Neville shook his head. "'I can tell she's an Omega, the draw is there, "'but I'm not irrational about it,' he said carefully. "'Well, it's a relief that the suppressant seems to work well,' McGonagall said. "'However, part of our concern is in regard to alphas "'that might intentionally try to take advantage of Miss Granger. "'Mr. Longbottom, if you would, "'please use an alpha tone and ask Miss Granger to do something. "'Perhaps request that she stand on one foot.' "'A visible sense of discomfort came over Neville's face.' He stepped back slightly. "'It's all right, Neville,' Hermione said, jutting her chin up, trying to seem confident. "'Do whatever the headmistress says. I'd really rather know now than find out alone in a hallway.' Neville nodded and took a deep breath. His scent struck Hermione. It made her brain fog slightly. "'You ready?' he asked, already staring down at her with an expression of concern. Hermione gave a quick nod and a thin smile. "'Ready.' Hermione, he said in a low growl. Her name shuddered through her whole body and her neck tingled as though he were caressing her scent glands. Stand on one foot. Hermione automatically started adjusting her weight to lift one foot off of the ground. Then she paused and shook her head faintly. Why? She wanted to know. Why did she need to stand on one foot? Your alpha wants you to, cooed some distant part of her mind. Hermione scrunched her face up and thought further. Neville wasn't her alpha. He was her friend. He wouldn't order her around. She didn't bloody want to be bossed about by anyone. No, she said flatly and widened her stance so that her weight was even more evenly distributed. Try again, Mr. Longbottom. We need to be sure she can really resist, Hermione could distantly hear McGonagall saying. There was a pause. Hermione... Stand on one foot. Neville's voice seemed even firmer and deeper, authoritative and powerful and sexy. A part of her wished he'd growl it against her throat. The fog thickened, filled with Neville's scent. She felt as though she were bobbing along in a sea of Neville, just floating, flowing along in a current of his voice. It was relaxing. She didn't even need to think. She could just obey. Obey? She grew cross. How dare he try to make her obey? No, she said angrily. Mr. Longbottom, touch her on the wrist this time. Hermione only heard half the words. The whole room seemed to be swimming and only Neville stood clearly in front of her. His expression was tense and conflicted. He was so attractive and strong-looking. Alpha, 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 chanted a corner of her mind. Neville drew closer to her, and she felt his large hand close around her left wrist. His thumb grazed the scent gland there, and she felt her knees buckle slightly. Hermione, stand on one foot. The tone shivered straight down Hermione's spine. Hermione could barely breathe through the fog around her. Alpha, Alpha, Alpha. She should tilt her head back. Maybe he'd touch her neck. Bite her. Mm, that would be so nice. To feel his teeth. His body was so hard. He'd fuck her well. Maybe against a wall. Slide his hard cock inside her cunt until he nodded. Until she was stretched around him. She'd feel his cum deep inside her. All she needed to do was please him. Be a good girl, and her alpha would let her come. Neville was not her alpha! It was as though a part of her brain had abruptly screamed it. Hermione lashed out instinctively. Everything blurred for a moment, but when the room came back into view, she found Neville lying on the floor, bleeding and unconscious, and her wand gripped tightly in her hand. "Oh my gosh, Neville!" she gasped, hurrying over. "What did I do?" Minerva was kneeling beside Neville and muttered a quiet renervate. "You stunned him," the headmistress said, looking surprisingly pleased and punched him simultaneously. Hermione realized that the knuckles of her left hand were throbbing slightly, and Neville shook his head and sat up, touching his nose gingerly. I'm so sorry, Hermione said, dropping onto the floor beside him. Oh, Neville, I'm so, so sorry. It's all right, Hermione, he mumbled. Glad to help you out. It's good to know no one's going to force you into anything. Hermione hugged him impulsively. "'You're such a good friend,' she said. "'I'm so sorry I punched you.' "'Neville rapidly grew stiff as a board in her arms. "'Hermione drew back. "'Are you?' "'She looked at him uncertainly as he grew flushed. "'Um, well, instinctively, everything is under control,' he stammered. "'But you're still—it's very hard to be this close to you.' "'Oh!' Hermione released him quickly. "'Sorry.' "'It's fine,' Neville said, still blushing.' "'It's not as though I mind. I just thought you should know.' "'Yeah,' Hermione said, awkwardly drawing further back. "'That's good to know.' "'Well, Mr. Longbottom, thank you for your assistance. "'You may return to your classes,' McGonagall said. "'Neville headed out, and Hermione gathered up her new books "'and slipped them into a satchel that McGonagall lent her "'alongside an entire box of small vials of midnight blue suppressant potions.' Hermione's first stop after departing the headmistress's office was Professor Vector's down the hall. Professor Vector had become the new head of Gryffindor to replace Minerva. The arithmancy professor was a much younger version of McGonagall, even more strict and businesslike than her predecessor. "'Miss Granger, I have your homework assignments from the last week,' Vector said without standing from her large desk. She reached into a drawer and pulled out a collated file which she handed to Hermione." Hermione flicked the file open and skimmed over what she had missed. "'While you were... in confinement,' Vector began, looking uncomfortable. "'Partners were assigned in advanced arithmetic studies. "'The project is to analyze and then devise a counter curse to an actual cursed object. "'It will constitute half of your grade this semester. "'It's a collaborative assignment with the DADA class.' Hermione nodded. "'She'd always thought curse-breaking was exciting.' Using arithmancy to break down a curse and then devise and predict a successful counter-curse was such a fascinating use of magic. She wasn't sure she'd want to become an actual curse-breaker, but she had always enjoyed reading about the analytical aspects of curse-breaking in arithmancy journals. "'Your partner for the assignment was Draco Malfoy,' Vector said. Hermione stared, frozen at her professor. "'Was?' she finally said. "'Yes.' Mr. Malfoy stopped by my office this morning and asked to be reassigned or allowed to complete the project by himself. Hermione felt herself pale. Her head felt light, as though she'd been stung by a billywig and was about to go floating up and bobbing about in the rafters. Oh, she managed to force out. When the partners were assigned, I was unaware that you were—the word omega seemed to stick in Professor Vector's throat, and she coughed slightly. What you are— If the refusal to partner with you is related to that, I am willing to consider the request. However, the headmistress has made abundantly clear that she will not tolerate any inter-house animosity or blood prejudice. Do you have any idea why he asked?' "'I'm not sure,' Hermione said, taking in a sharp, steadying breath. "'I'll try to find out before the next class.' "'Very well. I do not like making special exceptions for students. It distracts from learning. If I'm obliged to make one, we may need to disclose the reason to the class.' It would be inappropriate for your classmates to think certain students receive allowances in discrimination. Hermione swallowed and nodded nervously. Professor Vector was a surprising Gryffindor given that she was so absorbed in academics that she was entirely tone-deaf when it came to interpersonal relationships. While Hermione could see the logic, the veiled threat to out Hermione's designation over a class assignment seemed baldly insensitive. I'll try to speak with Malfoy today. Hermione said, clutching the file of homework assignments and standing up quickly. "'Thank you,' Professor Vector said, glancing back down at a scroll of numbers spread out across her desk. Then her head popped back up, as though the thought had just occurred to her. "'Please feel free to speak to me if you have any issues with your—' A long pause. "'My office is always open in an emergency.' "'Yes, thank you,' Hermione said, privately resolving to never, ever speak to her head of house about anything Omega-related.' After she was back in the hallway, Hermione checked her watch and discovered that it was lunchtime. She realized that she felt famished. She couldn't remember when she'd last had a full meal. She could vaguely recall lying in Malfoy's arms while he hand-fed her fruit. There had been strawberries, grapes, pears, plums, and nectarines. She thought she remembered him feeding her with his teeth on occasion, too, and saying something about never letting her have peaches. She had drunk a lot of pumpkin juice and apple juice. "'Malfoy had slid pieces of fruit over her skin "'and licked up the trails of juice "'and told her that she was perfect. "'He'd spoken in a deep, possessive voice "'that rippled through her. "'He'd kept saying that she was his. "'Hermione almost walked into a suit of armor "'as she thought about it. "'Ugh, she didn't want to think about it. "'She didn't want to think about Malfoy at all. "'She stomped angrily to the great hall. "'As the doors opened from her forceful shove, "'the motion caused a breeze to form.' The air around her was dragged away from her and rushed ahead into the hall. Most of the hall was filled with students busily chatting and eating, but as Hermione walked through the doors, every alpha she'd identified abruptly froze and then proceeded to turn and stare at her as if they were caught in a trance. Hermione's eyes darted from one boy to the next nervously. There was a Ravenclaw and a Hufflepuff near the end of the tables and she could see their eyes darken as they stared at her. They looked half-mesmerized and half-stunned. Hermione tried to ignore it as she scurried to the Gryffindor table. Neville was already there and had, like all the rest of the boys, automatically turned to look at her upon her arrival. He turned slowly back to his meal. Hermione! Jinny scooched down the bench to make room. Are you all right? I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. You came to me and I was so short with you. I had no idea. I just thought... "'It's fine,' Hermione said, cutting her off in a quiet voice. "'I don't think anyone could have guessed it.' Ginny nodded while Hermione served herself a massive helping of everything within reach. "'If you want to talk at all, I'm here for you,' Ginny said quietly. "'And I know Mum would be happy to come visit or write if you have any questions.' "'It's not been mentioned to anyone back home yet, but...' Ginny glanced around at the boys who were still staring unwaveringly at Hermione from around the room. You should probably let them know before the news gets out. I should, Hermione said, nodding. You got a few letters and birthday presents from Harry and Ron last week. I have them in my room, Ginny added after a minute. Despite her intention to be completely absorbed by her meal, Hermione could still feel the stares being directed at her. She determinedly ignored them and refused to so much as look up from her plate. She heard the doors of the great hall open and then suddenly... Hermione's head shot up and she turned to stare. Malfoy had walked in. Hermione stared at him as his eyes swept across the room and briefly landed on her. She felt as though her heart momentarily stalled as their eyes met. Then his gaze flicked away, and he strode over to the Slytherin table and sat down beside Blaise Zabini and Theodore Nott. Theodore Nott was staring at Hermione like a muggle would if they encountered a unicorn, there was an expression of delighted awe written across his face. Zabini elbowed Not, and Not didn't appear to even notice it. Malfoy started eating an apple. Hermione forced herself to look back down at her plate. As she was finishing her second pumpkin pasty, a sense of something slowly tingled down her spine. She looked up and found a ravenclaw with tawny-colored hair and skin standing across the table and staring at her. His face seemed faintly weather-worn, as though he'd spent his summer sailing in the Mediterranean. His gaze was sharp, almost feline-feeling. All the Gryffindors around Hermione looked up at him, too. Hermione recognized him vaguely. They were in the same year, and had shared arithmancy and ancient ruins. They had never interacted with each other that Hermione could recall. Hermione was pretty sure he was part of an old, pure-blood family. He had not joined D.A., or fought in the Battle of Hogwarts. He was an alpha. His build gave him away, and his voice had nearly caused Hermione to have a meltdown in ancient runes whenever he had asked questions. "'Yes?' Hermione said when it became clear that he was speechless. "'You're Hermione Granger, aren't you?' he asked formally. Both of his hands were closed around the strap of the satchel hanging from his shoulder. There was snorting and guffaws from the Gryffindors around Hermione. "'Been living under a rock the last few years, mate?' Seamus was snickering. The Ravenclaw flushed. His teeth flashed faintly, and his grip on his satchel tightened incrementally. Hermione had the passing thought that if the boy were an animagus, he'd be a cougar. We've never been introduced. It seemed impolite to presume. Is someone introducing you now, Selwyn? Neville growled, his voice low and rippling. The air was beginning to slowly fill with what Hermione realized with horror were alpha pheromones. She could distinguish between Neville and Selwyn's scents. The pheromones were having an effect on everyone at the table, although Hermione suspected none of them knew why. Parvati and Ginny were getting slightly glassy-eyed, while Seamus was looking like he'd found himself intruding on something. Ginny shook her head sharply as though realizing what was happening to her and muttered an air-freshening charm. Hermione found that she was not dragged under the thrall of the smells. Rather, she felt unusually alert. Selwyn's attention seemed drawn somewhat away from Hermione and toward Neville. "'Aren't you marrying some Hufflepuff Longbottom?' he said. "'Hermione's always been my friend,' Neville said. His expression was calm and unruffled, but there was an assertive gleam in his eyes. "'Whereas I thought you had a rule against speaking to Muggleborns." Selwyn's jaw clenched and then he rolled it slightly. The action made the tendons in his neck ripple. Hermione wanted to slap herself for noticing.' I had strict instructions to stay neutral, he said stiffly. Ginny snorted and tossed her head. How very convenient for you. I had family on both sides. I didn't want to be responsible for anyone dying. Is this one bothering you, Granger? Anthony Goldstein had suddenly materialized beside Selwyn. Hermione gulped nervously and glanced around. The Great Hall had fallen somewhat quiet, and Hermione realized to her horror that people were starting to stare. Several more alphas appeared to be in the midst of migrating toward her. "'I'm just going, actually,' Hermione blurted. She snatched up her satchel, jumped from her seat, and proceeded to flee the great hall. End of chapter six